Hi, I'm Regina Boyd, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist and Licensed Mental Health Counselor, and your host of the Connecting Out Loud podcast. Here we talk about connections with our families as they relate to our mental health and Catholic faith, all while connecting you with those you love the most. Thanks for joining me for this episode. Let's dive in. Have you ever wondered if your faith is strong enough? If your faith in God is strong enough because you experience depression or anxiety or any mental health concerns, symptoms, mental illness, do you ever fear that your symptoms could indicate the, something about your relationship with God that um, maybe you worry that you try to pray more and trust more? If you can just do it just right, your issues will go away or hopefully not, but perhaps even being worried that God is unhappy with you because of how you feel and what you're experiencing. If you've answered yes to any of these questions, you might not have the complete answer. And I want to talk a little bit about symptoms of mental illness, things that people can experience from time to time and how it ties into our faith and what we can do about it. Because I feel like this is such an important issue and something I encounter pretty frequently in my office and my work with people in counseling. This question comes up, especially people who live by their faith, want to practice their faith. It comes up a lot. I think we live in a culture that values hard work, independence, freedom, and they're good ideals. You know, we have so many blessings here in the U.S., um, but it can be really hard when um, somebody's coping with mental illness, when somebody is really having a hard time. Um, some of these tools aren't really as motivating and valuable as we have hope they would be. Um, people find it difficult to admit weakness or ask for help because of that hard work ethic that we have here in the U.S. And so they feel that need to fight through a situation independently. Um, additionally, pain caused by mental illness can be misconstrued sometimes in church circles. I think, you know, we as people who want to live in a church and participate in church, um, we got to own up to this sometimes. And I think a lot of times people do it unknowingly. That's not intentional. But sometimes somebody, in a way, we convey that somebody's responsible for the symptoms they're experiencing by somehow not having a strong enough faith. We kind of imply that. We just say, well, if you, you know, if you just had that mustard seed type of faith, there would no longer be an issue. Um, you went to a healing prayer service. Um, and in this implication that there's something on the part of the individual that they're not doing enough of. But that's not always the case. And majority of time is not the case. Um, so I want to provide a message of hope for anyone who is experiencing these symptoms right now. If you're your spouse, if you have a family member, a loved one, a child, I just want to provide a lot of hope and education around what that means for you and what you can do to support your families during that time. Um, and a lot of people don't realize that depression is more than just feeling sad or down about a situation. And same with anxiety. Anxiety is more than just being a little worried or stressed about something. These are true illnesses that have a chronic physical and emotional pain, physical experiences that impact somebody's ability to function in their daily life. Um, and it's a distinct experience than spiritual suffering, or it can be 
in accompaniment with a spiritual aspect, um, but it's not necessarily always caused by spiritual issues. Um, so we know from the DSM, the clinical uh, manual that all mental health professionals use for diagnosis, we say that depression is marked by a depressed mood for most of the day and usually is accompanied by a loss of interest in activities and relationships. So those symptoms need to be present for at least two weeks in order for someone to receive a diagnosis. And similarly, like I said before, anxiety is more than just being stressed or worried. It's a debilitating constant level of fear and worry that can manifest with physical reactions that are severe and thoughts and worries that are that can be irrational at times. Um, so like I was saying before, stress, we all have times where we feel stressed and it can be motivating to us that stress helps us get the house clean before guests come over, stress helps us prepare for that job interview or whatever it is we need to do. But at some point, there's an inverse correlation. So stress motivates, helps us, propels us up, but then there's a point where it plateaus and that benefit starts to decline. And that's what we're talking about when we're getting into the clinical ranges of depression or anxiety, that it's no longer helpful to us. And it actually, the more we experience those symptoms or the more we worry and stress, it becomes unhelpful. And that's the category that we're talking about here. Um, and more importantly, does that mean that living with those high levels of fear and worry or experiencing those symptoms of depression, does that mean that your faith is strong enough? Um, are you being tempted to despair? Um, do you need to pray more? And I will answer this question in two different ways. I will say um, absolutely, unequivocally no and yes, depending on the situation. So what do I mean by no? Mental health issues bring about many concerns and complications. God gave us two natures. We know from the catechism that we are embodied spirits and the soul and the body and the spirit are intertwined. And so my belief is that when we take an opportunity to take care of our mental health, we are doing a spiritual act. They are one and the same. And emotions are very natural to us as well as spiritual movements. We sometimes we like to compartmentalize and forget about those things. So we, you know, we know we have souls. And so we jump to that place. And we am talking about in Christian circles, we just want to jump to the spiritual answer and we forget about the bodily physical reality as if it's less important or not um, really an issue. And um, I think that's one thing that the mental health field does well is by reminding us about the biological, psychological, social aspects of a person. And, you know, there are mental health professionals out there that do include the spiritual aspects of well as well, because we know that's a very important part of every person. And so there's, we just don't want to be too quick to over-spiritualize that physical, emotional, mental, psychological experience. It's helpful to view things from a spiritual context, absolutely, but it can be damaging to assume that our emotional problems stem from a lack of faith. There's this really great book, Dr. Aaron Chiardi uh, is a psychiatrist. He wrote the book, The Catholic Guide to Depression. Um, I highly recommend it, but he explains um, about this emotional state and experience of depression. 
and how there's legitimate physical side effects that people have. Um, and you know, it's more than just feeling hopeless or dejected, but they can report difficulty concentrating, focusing, even changes in appetite. And so that helps us to know that cognitive difficulties indicate that there are real psychological changes that occur for someone who's depressed, real physiological changes, and they impact our overall health and well-being. And so in other words, accusing yourself or someone else of not having enough faith is not going to be really the key to help that person or you to find some healing. Um, It's kind of, I've used this analogy before, but, um, you know, we talk about people viewing the world through rose-colored glasses, you know, they're on cloud nine, they're in love, but sometimes people experiencing depression have gray-colored glasses or um, murky glasses. They sort of view things with the rain cloud and can be a beautiful sunny day, but it's just kind of not enough to lift the mood or lift their spirits. Um, and so what can you do to help somebody in this situation? So you might be thinking, okay, Regina, I get it. This is a real experience. So what am I supposed to do? I don't want to accidentally say something that could be hurtful to someone. And, you know, again, I think we just want to be very careful when someone is open and vulnerable enough to share a mental health concern with us. We just have that tendency to jump. We want to help and serve and we want to come in with the solution. And I would say the first thing to do is just listen to really receive what it is they're saying and join with them in the pain of that experience. If, if they're expressing pain or expressing that it's challenging for them, um, affirm them in that and, and acknowledging, wow, yeah, that, you know, that does sound really tough. You know, I can't imagine how hard that must be for you. And being mindful of using words and phrases that imply that someone is not doing enough. So listening can really help you avoid falling into that trap. Certainly you're welcome to pray with them or pray for them. Um, ask, ask them if they've been to a therapist and if they haven't, maybe you could offer to help to find someone for them. Um, you can encourage them to meet with a spiritual director. A lot of times I have clients that I work with who attend both spiritual direction and therapy, and they can really work well together and balance all aspects of meeting the human person's needs. Um, again, using affirmation as a tactic, um, as opposed to giving a lesson or instruction about the faith and how we need to, you know, be stronger and believe and persevere. When we, when we jump to giving instruction, we, again, we, in our desire to help someone feel better, we just try to jump to a solution and we accidentally convey that the person is doing something wrong or that we're not really here for them in that moment. Um, and then there's lots of depression screenings online. I can try to link to one in the show notes, um, but you can do your own depression screening for uh, a friend or family member to find out if they need that extra help or support from a therapist. So, okay, so that's the no part. Um, somebody Does somebody experiencing depression or anxiety, not have enough faith, um, or do they need to pray like they never before? No, absolutely not. This is a real condition that we need to honor and treat. So what did I mean before about the yes part? We know as Catholics, as Christians, we know that Jesus told us that if we seek, we will find, and that if we believe, we will receive. Just because you or a loved one has a mental illness, you're experiencing these symptoms, doesn't mean you should stop praying. Um, 
However, you would just pray in the same way you would for somebody who has cancer, who has diabetes. You know, we don't accuse somebody who has heart disease or cancer or diabetes. We don't tell them that they need to pray more and be healed. We don't question their commitment to their faith when they're going to doctor's appointments and receiving insulin and chemotherapy treatment. You know, we, we encourage them. We join with them in that fight. We support them and we try to be there in that time of need. And so it's a both and essentially. Um, continue to pray. Continue to do all of the things that you're doing. But you know, don't hold that against yourself of, you know, just because these symptoms are still being experienced doesn't mean that it's a sign of a lack of faith on your part, but continue to bring that to the Lord and open your heart to him and let him journey with you and love you in those really difficult, painful places. So there's lots of things that you can do to pray with, you know, there's lots of beautiful scriptures out there. There's um, quotes in Romans and first Peter um, cast your worries upon upon him because he cares for you. And sometimes, depending on where you're at in your cycle of symptoms, you know, those things, those verses can be helpful or not very helpful or not have the same feeling of consolation every time we read it. Um, but what I really love is um, the reflection from Colossians. It says, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ on behalf of his body, which is the church. And that's First Colossians, uh, Colossians 1, verse 24. And so I love that verse because it's it's kind of crazy. It's saying, you know, it says, In my flesh I'm filling up what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ. I'm sorry, did somebody just imply that there's something lacking in what Christ's sacrifice did for us? <laughs> um, and that's just crazy to think about. As, even in experiencing symptoms of mental illness, depression, anxiety, whatever it might be, you can unite those struggles to the cross. You are in a way participating in the redemption of souls. I mean, that's how I read that verse. And so please persevere in your prayer because you are not alone and you can find relief and there is purpose and and meaning behind it even though that's not always one thing to hear I mean I'll say as a therapist I'm constantly in awe of the strength and courage I see in my office um, with the families that I work with I'm pain and suffering are part of the conversation, but there's also resilience and redemptive power that I see all the time with my clients. They uh, experience so many obstacles and they overcome them and they confront challenges and they achieve so many goals that are not easy to achieve. And if that's not an example of strong faith of somebody's fortitude in their faith, I don't know what is. So if you are someone who experiences depression or anxiety, um, please know that you have friends and family who love you. If you know someone who experiences depression or anxiety, know that, you know, you can be that support, that you can reach out to them and just know that your family does everything they can to help you, but they might not always know the right thing to say, but know no matter what, that you are loved by the creator and by God and that what you're experiencing, your symptoms, is not a reflection in any way about how strong your faith is. And know that there is hope. So please don't be afraid to ask for help. Friends and family members, be that help. Reach out. Ask if someone's okay. Be with them. Support them in that situation. 
and seek, seek counseling. Because again, when you take that work to take care of your health and your body, you are in fact doing a spiritual work and it is not saying anything contrary um, by getting that help and support, just like anyone would with any other type of medical issue. Okay, so for our mental health tip of the day, I want to, I'm kind of combining a Q&A with the mental health tip. So what are things you can do on your own to combat and fight against symptoms of depression? I think one of the biggest things to do is to keep a routine, whatever your daily routine is, you want to keep it because sometimes depression wants to um, eat away at that. It just kind of makes everything, those gray colored glasses kind of blend everything together and one day melts into the next. And so just sort of things feel lackluster. And so if we can stick to a routine, it's really helpful in pushing back against those symptoms and getting you back on track to where you want to be and where you're feeling to kind of feel like you have a sense of agency and like, you know, what's going on. Another thing that I think is really important is staying in touch with your support system, getting connected with those people who make you feel cared for and loved and feel safe. Um, so it doesn't have to be somebody who's like going to fix you. You know, it just needs to be the person who you feel safe enough to share with. who can be that good listener. Who's going to say, what you need them to say is going to be attentive and compassionate without accidentally saying something judgmental. So whoever those people are for you, staying in touch with them and keeping up with those social activities, even when you don't feel like it. I know um, with depression, it can be really tricky because it's this balance of not wanting to feel alone. But then if you go out, then you feel like you could be a burden to somebody else. And that can happen with anxiety as well. And so the default is to avoid those anxious feelings to avoid that depression and feeling like a burden. So I would say force yourself anyway, try to keep up with those activities because that's the very thing when we can maintain that routine, maintain our social contacts. That's the very thing that we can, that kind of what nudges us back into place and gets us feeling like ourselves again. Um, obviously all those wonderful things that we know help us exercising regular, eating healthy, getting enough sleep, um, all of those contribute to uh, improved moods and all of those good things as well. So those would be my two biggest recommendations. Maintain your routine and staying in touch with your social contacts, people who are positive and encourage you and support you and be safe people for you. Those are going to be two really useful keys to getting you over the hump of whatever point you are in that cycle of experiencing some symptoms. So Thanks so much for listening, guys. I hope you found that really helpful. And uh, if you have not had an opportunity to join the Catholic Couples Love Adventure Challenge on Facebook, go to the group. I'm going to link that in the show notes. Um, the challenge starts on March 22nd of 2021. And um, I think it's, Lent is a perfect opportunity to really take advantage of growing closer and putting a little more work and effort into approving your vocation, your sacrament, your relationship. Um, so come join us over there. And I can't wait to see you. I'm so excited. It's going to be so fun. Um, the activities we're planning are going to be really cool. So can't wait to see you. And I hope you'll join us there. Thanks so much, guys. See you next time. If you have enjoyed this episode, you can find more Connecting Out Loud content on our Facebook and Instagram pages. As always, I appreciate each and every review. So if you can take some time to rate and review this show, I read each one and I love hearing from you. 
Be intentional and connect out loud. 